0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Purdue Pharma has reached a tentative deal with several U.S. states to resolve legal claims stemming from the opioid crisis. The Pentagon is compiling a list of companies with ties to the Chinese military and after refusing for months to release the Operation Yellow Hammer plan the UK government has made a document that outlines the potential effects of a no deal Brexit public plus the FT's Philip Stafford explains why investors have given a cold shoulder to Hong Kong's 32 billion pound bid for the London Stock Exchange I'm Mark Filipino and here's the news you need to start your day On Wednesday, Purdue Pharma and members of the controlling Sackler family struck a preliminary deal with several U.S. states and local governments. This came as the company tried to resolve legal claims stemming from the American opioid crisis. But some places, like New York, wouldn't come to the table. The FT's pharmaceutical and biotech reporter, Hannah Kushler, has more.
1: So we've been waiting for Purdue Pharma, which is the maker of OxyContin, this incredibly powerful opioid, and the family that controls it, the Sackler family, to settle the... Vast number of lawsuits that they have against it, which is all the way from states to cities and counties. They've been in negotiations for the last couple of weeks, and we're seeing signs of a settlement, but it's still very up in the air. So what we do know is that the Tennessee Attorney General has said that they are accepting this settlement. It sounds like they need to do some tweaking around the edges. They say there's 27 states that are accepting it, and that the lawyers on behalf of the thousands of cities and counties are also recommended that that client settle and take this offer now the reason to take the offer would be that purdue is probably going to go bankrupt and this is a way of sort of structuring that bankruptcy to ensure that the most money possible gets out of the company but we are seeing a lot of the states that are refusing to sign up, which are some really big significant states like New York, Pennsylvania, Washington, North Carolina really strongly criticizing this deal. In, in particular, the New York Attorney General said that she, she thought that the Sacklers were lowballing and evading their responsibility, and the North Carolina Attorney General has said that he's now going to go after the Sacklers personally. That's really where the conflict is, is you know, how much should the members of this family that were either some on the executive team, many on the di- board of directors actually have to pay for some of the damage caused in the opioid crisis out of their own pockets, given that Purdue doesn't have all that much money left.
0: The Pentagon is keeping tabs on companies with ties to the Chinese military. The FT reports that the U.S. Defense Department is compiling a list of Chinese companies and organizations with both direct and indirect relationships to China's People's Liberation Army. Sources told the FT that the Pentagon is identifying these companies to stop China from securing sensitive technologies and protect U.S. defense supply chains. One of the goals of the review is to detect supply chain weaknesses. That's so they can ensure that U.S. companies don't help the Chinese military through sales or procurement. The Pentagon declined to comment on any aspect of the supply chain review, saying it was unable to do so, quote, for classification reasons. And the UK has finally revealed what a worst-case scenario could look like under a no-deal Brexit. For months, the UK government has refused to release the plan known as Operation Yellowhammer. But last night, the government finally caved. The document was put together by a unit in the Cabinet Office with input from several government departments. It revealed that France could potentially impose EU-mandatory controls on goods coming into Dover on day one. This could cut 40 to 60 percent of lorries going across the Channel and cause potential shortages of food and fuel. Shortages in medicinal supplies would be, quote, particularly vulnerable to severe extended delays. The document admitted that the government might not be able to calculate the full impact on the supply chain for food and agriculture. But it did say that, quote, certain types of fresh food supply will decrease, and that there is a risk that panic buying will cause or exacerbate food supply disruption. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. On Wednesday, Hong Kong exchanges and clearing launched an unsolicited bid for the London Stock Exchange. At 32 billion pounds, the bid stunned investors in the LSE, one of London's most high profile financial institutions. But there are doubts facing the deal, and it could be rejected. Philip Stafford is the editor of the FT Trading Room, which is the part of the FT that covers exchanges and market structure. He has more on the potential deal.
2: Of the the many, many reasons why this is fascinating, one was that it would seek to break up a deal that the LSE has agreed itself, a $27 billion deal to take over Refinitiv, a data and trading provider. Beyond that, though, there are all sorts of other implications for this deal, and uh, not the least because the LSE is the owner of some of the world's most important plumbing and utilities for global markets, and we're a good part of that in certain markets. And therefore, it makes it a uh, quite an important part of what goes on in daily life.
0: So, Philip, why else would this bid have a broader impact?
2: The thing that everybody pointed to straight off and think most people would recognize is uh, the political impact. For a start, let's take the UK side. We're undergoing Brexit and the, the LSE is considering its strategic options of how it's going to, to work in a post-Brexit world. And so it decided earlier this summer that it was going to really look at market data and Way that people are consuming that without limit, and that was the way that they wanted to go to the world. Then the Hong Kong exchanges come in and said, "Well, actually, you know what we see." you slightly differently as a conduit between East and West. And maybe that's the post-Brexit world you would consider. And so what you really have now is is two almost competing visions of of the way that that the LSE would look at. One of the impacts is that on one side of it, the LSE would be the refinitive deal. uh, They're the bidder. So they would be an independent company. They would be the the acquirer. And on Wednesday's deal, uh, Hong Kong would be the acquirer. And so it would potentially lose Lose its independence. There is a, a political dimension to that on one side. Uh, is, is this really the global Britain that some politicians will be looking at? And on the other side, on the, the Hong uh, Kong side, well, it, it almost barely needs to be said that uh, the, the social unrest that is happening in Hong Kong would be seen as a concern. So the, there's those factors. And then against that, the fact that it was sort of highly speculative. And surprisingly, the shareholders are really do back the definitive deal right from the start. The share price went up and, and everybody has largely been very happy with it. The Hong Kong deal that was announced on Wednesday almost right from the office has, has seemed to run into a, certainly a great deal more skepticism. What really drives home the point here that the Hong Kong exchange made its offer that values the LSE as a just over 83 pounds a share and as i sit and look at wednesday's closing prices the london stock exchange closed that's just over 72 pounds a share which tells you that the market really doesn't describe much chance of this hong kong deal going ahead what are some of the points about this deal that have people
0: on the fence
2: well the interesting thing is that maybe just draw out some of the differences between the, the makeups of the of the two deals the refinitive deal it's a deal that actually loads an awful lot of debt onto the LSE. Now, the LSE says it'll pay it down rather quickly. The Hong Kong exchange deal, it's, it's a mixture of cash and shares, but the vast majority of the offer, about three-quarters of it, is actually in shares, Hong Kong shares. And so for that reason, should the deal go through, they'd be left with Hong Kong paper. Now, for some shareholders and some investors in a well, both of them, uh, one way or the other. For others, they much prefer the UK ones, which they know. So the risk in that respect, the unspoken thing here is, is uh, you know, the influence of, of China on Hong Kong. It doesn't reflect the reality, but that is certainly the perception. So if the uh, the LSE board meets, as it will have to do, and, and rejects the offer, Hong Kong will then maybe have to do something different with its own offer, perhaps offer more cash. You can read more on
0: all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be keeping an eye on the European Central Bank as it concludes its policy meeting. In July, outgoing ECB President Mario Draghi hinted officials could revive a quantitative easing program to boost a slowing economy. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.
1: Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,